My name is Crystal Ronnebaum, and 44 years ago, my life started in diapers. My name is December Bramer, and 37 years ago, almost 38, I, my life started in diapers. I'm Jill and I'm Ashley and this is poverty pitfalls and the price of diapers. Ashley, it's almost diaper ball two time. I know. <laughs> it's so exciting. There's so much work that goes on behind the scenes of these events that right? Yeah, it's awesome by the time it gets there and then it's fun party and then uh-huh. we almost start planning for the next one. <laughs> I'm sure you're super stressed right now and thinking like, there's other things I could be doing to be getting ready for this party. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, everything kind of comes together at the last minute sometimes and you just have to kind of trust it's all going to fall in a place, which it will. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we are excited. Um, uh, On today's podcast, we have our co-chairs, Crystal and December. Um, They co-chaired our inaugural Diaper Bowl event, and they are back this year for Diaper Bowl 2, which is just going to be a blast. If you haven't checked it out, check our website, happybottoms.org. There's stuff all over social media as well. So, uh, we still have some tickets left, just a few. Feel free to uh, look online and purchase a ticket or a table. We would love to see you out at this event. It's going to be a blast. Um, and in the meantime, please enjoy Crystal and December. Um, we don't, since we have two of you on today, very special guests. Um, why don't you guys introduce yourself? Just say your name. Um, and then of course we want to dive into our first question. You know, we want to know a little bit about you guys, uh, you know, where you're from, what you grew up, just whatever you feel like sharing. Um, and then hopefully everybody can kind of get to know (laughs) whose voice belongs to who. (laughs) Awesome. Well, I'm Crystal Rodebaum and um, I've got two littles. Connor will be turning 10 um, in September. And I say that because it ties into the connection between um, our family and Happy Bottoms personally. And then uh, Miss Jordan just turned seven. And so um, we live here in Kansas City. I work full time in veterinary pharmaceutical sales. And uh, the community is obviously very important to me personally um, because I'm raising the littles in it, but also I'm a very firm believer in um, sharing our skills and our gifts and our talents that are given to each of us. I think that's the best way to live life is to share those the best that we can. Um, and so if you want to know a little bit about growing up, I'm from, well, smaller town, right? Smack in the middle of Kansas, Great Bend. I was an oil brat in the early 80s. Um, and so uh, with that came a lot of sort of spontaneity and um a lot of hope. I mean, the oil business, you drill for oil and you hope that you're going to strike it. Um, And so there's there is a lot of yeah, spontaneity is probably the best way to put it. We didn't necessarily have a schedule. Um, All that to be said, I sort of feel like that uh, gave me a gift to thrive in some chaos today. So I'm pretty good at that. (laughs) Um, I'm I'm picturing it like little crystals striking oil and like you know, a big oil burst coming up and falling down all over you. (laughs) I'm sure that's nothing like what it was like, but that's the picture you kind of just painted for me. (laughs) Well, my parents did. They had kind of a disclaimer with the oil trucking companies and the big rigs. And they're like, listen, there's two little kids out here at all times in any given point. Don't run them over. So that was basically the disclaimer. 
<laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So were you homeschooled then? Oh gosh, good glory. No way. Uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> no, we did. You know what, we did spend, I think this, this is interesting that you're bringing this up because we did spend a lot of time in the care of a lot of others. So we had grandparents that helped out. Um, I did spend a lot of time in, um, you know, daycare facilities where I was obviously around a lot of other environments and kiddos and the Care Bear story. <laughs> um, so you had yeah. a good, it sounds like your parents had a really good, strong community. Oh, absolutely. Yes. And my dad um, was the United States Marshal of Kansas for 30 years. So he only came home on the weekend. So it was mom running the businesses for the most part um, with her investors. And then um, he would come home on the weekend. So yes, there was absolutely a large wow. community of people that tied together to help her out for sure. That's awesome. That's where you get it from your, your mama and your dad. <laughs> That's awesome. December. What about you? Tell us, tell us a little bit about you. I'm December Bramer. Um, I'm married and have two kiddos as well. My oldest Decker will be six in October. So starting kindergarten this fall and my youngest Strickland will be three here in a month in August. So, um, you know, Kansas City is home for my husband and I. We both were uh, born and raised in smaller towns. I am from a small town in mid Missouri, Rolla, Missouri. Uh, so grew up, was born, grew up there, went to college there, and then moved to Kansas City afterwards. Um, I, my full-time job, I am a project manager for a employee benefits company. And then I also own a wedding planning company, Soiree Event Designs. So I am a busy bee, and um, that's what makes me go, and that keeps me sane. The busier I am, the better I am. So I always say, it's December, not for everyone. Yeah, where do you think you got that from? Was that part of your, were you a busy child? Um, was that kind of um, modeled for you? Cause I, just for everybody listening, seriously, I don't know how December does it. I don't know how either one of you do it, to be honest. You guys are, um, just incredible women and mamas who have awesome jobs, but give so much of your time as well. So anyway, sorry, I just had to throw that in there, but yeah. Where do you think you got that from? You know, um, when I was growing up, I, my mom is one of 11 children. So I grew up in a big family and she had me young. And so I became very independent, I think, because I was just, you know, brought up around adults mostly until I had other cousins. Um, all my cousins were either way older than me and I was just kind of matched in the middle. And then um, it was a while before I had cousins that were younger. So I think that probably, I, that's kind of what I correlated to is just I was very independent and um, if I wanted to get something done, then I had to do it kind of myself because <laughs> everyone else was doing everything else. I mean, obviously I had a lot of aunts and uncles that helped raise me, but I think um, just being, I was kind of forced to grow up a little bit quicker when I was younger and that just, you know, translated to an adult and I feel like I've been that the whole way, just making sure that I'm organized and doing what I need to do and I don't know. That's uh, just nonstop energy. 
Yeah, (laughs) I could use some of that. (laughs) Um, Well, you know, in the introduction, we, um, of course, mentioned to everyone that you are our Diaper Bowl 2 co-chairs, and you were also our co-chairs last year, you know, in our inaugural Diaper Bowl event. So this kind of ties in a little bit to my next question. I'd love to know when and how you guys learned about poverty, but I'm going to make it a double question. And what led you to Happy Bottoms um, and to your involvement with the Diaper Bowl? So first intros to to poverty, hmm. You know, growing up, it was always one of those things. We didn't really necessarily go without, but I did watch how hard my my parents worked for the, the lifestyle, you know, that we did have. And we were raised that we never... I don't recall seeing a lot of it necessarily growing up, but it was more kind of when I was in my teenage years and going off to college and starting my career and leaving down the area, because I I think sometimes in smaller communities, maybe we um, just all rise together and we take care of each other. I mean, going to church and being a part of, you know, taking care of those that that had less than we did, we just always kind of stepped in and helped take care of each other. Um, which I think plays a huge part in how I feel, you know, today and getting back to the community as well. With the whole regard to poverty in general and the families and I wasn't, I didn't see a lot of um, bad things like that necessarily growing up. I do remember teenage years, my dad obviously was involved in a lot of, you know, criminal activity things that made their way into the home through discussions and things like that. But um, I feel a huge calling to connection and community. In fact, we were just talking about that last night. I just want to see everyone be okay and, and thrive, however that can work. And if it means connecting someone to someone else or um, being a part of the events in the community that can really show results driven um, performances, that really sets my soul on fire. So with regard to Happy Bottoms, like I purposely had said, Connor turns 10 um, on September the 4th, and um, it was just a few months after he was born, so almost 10 years ago, that I was at the um, Junior League meeting and at the general membership meeting in December is when we get to vote on where do we want to see some of the funds that we've been raising go back into the community, and I'd never even heard of Happy Bottoms. and. Uh, I I heard what was going on and I kind of couldn't even fathom like what that must be like to the point where, you know, you share a lot of detail as far as what it means for a child. How many diapers do they go through in a day? And what does it mean for the mom who can't afford the diapers but needs to go to work to send her child to to daycare, but she can't do that if she doesn't have the diapers. And it got so terrible for me that every time I would change Connor's diaper, I would think about these babies and it just is not okay. And so moving forward, my best friend and I, Joy, started the Honeydews Baby Expo and every opportunity we had to educate the community about what the need was for these diapers, we did. And so we hosted diaper drives um, at the event and it just helped me feel like I know I can't necessarily save the world, but there's so many babies that we can with every little bit of impact that we try to make. And I could talk all day about this, so I'm going to stop. That's really where it started for me. <laughs> I love that. That was a beautiful story. Thanks for sharing, Crystal. Of course. Um, I think for me, in terms of when did I um, really understand poverty or when was I first experienced, 
I think as a child growing up, um, I was very shielded from it because as I mentioned, my mom is from a huge family and they did grow up in poverty. And um, I wouldn't have known that as a young child. And I don't know that until I've gotten older and heard stories of what they went through and what they did. And I think because of that, my family that was close to me growing up shielded it from me and not in no right or wrong by any means, but I think that they, they wanted different for me than what they grew up. So it wasn't until I was older, like Crystal said. Um, and I think coming from a small town, Crystal mentioned that maybe there just is a, a smaller community that is more close knit. So, you know, you don't really see it, but it wasn't until I probably got out of <laughs> that small town and moved to Kansas City. So I was in my twenties after college and I lived, you know, in Overland Park, but then I shortly moved down to the plaza. And so you kind of saw a little bit more of that. Not that I wasn't privy to that, obviously, all through grade school and as I got older, but I don't think I saw it truly firsthand until I had moved to, let's call it the bigger city. Um, <laughs> so I'm very fortunate in that. But like I mentioned, as I got older and like, understood and like now hearing stories and now having children of my own and hearing like how my parent like my mom grew up and her brothers and sisters like they did grow up in poverty so um I don't know if that's just a driving force but I also know that like I don't know I just think I'm grateful that they shielded me but I'm also like it kind of hurts for me that obviously that's what they had to go through um, but we all learn from those experiences and you carry that on and, you know, I'll carry that on to my children and make sure that they're more aware at a younger age to some degree and introduce it to them so that they know that it exists and that luckily, luckily we're fortunate that we're not in those, those same positions. Um, and then happy bottoms, how I learned about that, um, through junior league, but really Crystal, uh, she got super involved and then started inviting me to um, come to the annual fundraiser that you guys had every year. And I think I've gone every year since. <laughs> so um, it was a natural progression. And, you know, my, we just enjoyed going to the event every year with Crystal and her husband. So um, obviously when asked to be a part of Diaper Bowl last year, it was an immediate yes. So I love that. Well, and I don't know if you guys have, if Susan's called you this morning, but we just found out that NASB is going to be our presenting sponsor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's awesome. We were waiting on that one. So, yes. Thank you, NASB. We, we love their support. They're an yes. amazing community. Um, well, you know, obviously you guys are leaders, you know, you're co-chairing this event. I know you've co-chaired other events or chaired other events. You're, you're both involved in junior league. Um, I, I think we're all leaders, but you know, what, is there a defining point or person you think led to, you know, you being a leader in this community? I definitely have to give so much of that to my mother who, you know, I look back on it now. I mean, I have two young kids and she was running two companies and almost in essence, you know, doing some of it, so much of it on her own. And then she knew the values to instill in, in me from across the board, you know, just about um, 
being worldly, getting ready for the the world that's out there for us. But then also, I mean, you can't shield everyone from any from all the pain and suffering. What you can do is best equip yourself with the tools that are necessary that, you know, when the pain and suffering or when the bad times happen, can you quickly redirect yourself back over into a space where you can realign with what your greatest good truly is? And obviously I wouldn't appreciate, I wouldn't appreciate it the way that I do now without being a mother myself and doing the day-to-day grind of what it is. And I really don't know how she did do it. And I'm happy to see her in her later years of life, just be a, a perfect piece with, you know, what that did look like for her. And then of course, I'm sure everyone's someone or other who is important to them says things like, Oh, I wouldn't want to be a kid growing up in today's world. Well, that's so true. Right. And we're all growing up in today's world. None of us have lived years previous with experience of what we've all seen in the last three years. So what is it? What does it look like for us to show up for each other? And I certainly don't always know what to do or what to say, but I will always promise you I'll show up. And so I think that's going to require us to really pull up our sleeves and get in there and do some tough work, have some sweaty conversations. Don't just sit on the sidelines and warm the bench. I mean, there is a lot of work to do and we can absolutely do it. And that's one of the things I love about Kansas City too, is this, it's just a small enough, sweet, best kept secret that we really do all do a great job of taking care of each other. But without detouring absolutely to my mom and also to the people that um, were there for her while she was growing up, or more importantly, those that weren't there for her. That trauma made her an incredibly strong woman. And I just uh, obviously love her very much, but as days and time goes on, I think that's a natural progression for many of us. That's beautiful. I don't know that I can follow up to that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, good luck December. No. (laughs) You're smoothing and I'm here thinking, I'm like, okay, well, I, where, where, you know, where? I start, but um, <laughs> to follow up that, I think for me, um, if I had to choose someone, and not that you know she was super involved in the community, but she was loved by her community, and everybody knew her. And I think just because maybe she wasn't able to be at everything and do everything um, in the community, but she was always there for you no matter what. So um, that would be my grandmother, and. Truly, like, again, I don't know that she could, she didn't have the time to put in all the work that she needed, but if you needed something, she would be the first phone call that Minnie and my small community growing up would make. So I feel like I spent a lot of time with her growing up. And so I think she would be the one person that probably set that example and in her own way. And then I took my own spin on it and here I am today. So I, I think as I got older, because it wasn't, again, until probably after college that I became very involved, but there's other ways to be leaders, leader, be a leader, not just in your community, but um, growing up, you know, when I was involved in sports and stuff, I was very involved in, in a leadership role, but taking that to this other side of like being involved in the community wasn't until I was older. And I think I just, I saw a bigger picture and an opportunity for myself and what I wanted to do. And um, share my talents that way. I, I love that. And you mentioned that she was loved by everyone. And, you know, I don't know you super well, December, but I would 
you know, if somebody came up to me and said, what do you know about December? I think you give out that energy so much, just the, you send a lot of love out into the world and uplifting of other people. And same with you, Crystal. I mean, you, you definitely, like you said, you show up and I think that's something you both do. You show up, you're very uplifting of other women, um, especially in a world where it's so easy for women to tear each other down. Um, but you just don't do that. And obviously you're both very passionate about your families, your kids and happy bottom. So I just, we have the best co-chairs in the world. Thank you. you. I mean, I think it's important to carry a positive attitude and in this world that we're in today, it's so easily to get to that negative space. Mm -hmm. Um, I, my husband will be the first to tell you, I could turn anything into the, you know, something that's grand just by <laughs> spinning. <laughs> you can take a bad day, but let's not focus on the bad part of that. Let like what positive came out of it. So, um, I think just it's, that's amazing about that outlook to mm-hmm. all things. That's in, that's really amazing. I will say I'm, I was the first to struggle with really, what became very negative attitude during the pandemic because you know you just well i probably should have stopped watching the news but you just get barraged with so much you know and you're just trying to stay afloat and i don't have that natural ability i don't it's not just ingrained in me to go to more of the positive i have to continue to work on it repeatedly so um that's such a that's such an awesome thing that you're able to do i love it yes. So a lot like gratitude, you know, you have to be intentional about it. You can't just, you know, automatically be a grateful person. You have to make the choice to continue to be grateful or continue to be positive. Um, and that's not always easy, but you guys always are, as Jill said. So that's a gift to the world in itself. Definitely. So why do you think some of us end up in a pile of it? <laughs> I mean, I think it just comes right back to exactly what December was just talking about. We get to choose every single day. And the thing that's really kind of cool about life in general is that, you know what, if you sat in a pile of it, like you just said today, you get to go to sleep tonight and you get to wake up tomorrow with a nice blank, clean canvas to start over again. And there's a lot to be said with people um, surrounding the phrase grace. I personally am working on um, thanking people for their grace. Um, So if I've messed up, uh, maybe rephrasing the I'm sorry and having some accountability for how I might have shown up in that situation. And then, yes, if we're really honing in on the gratitude, what was the lesson to learn? Or why does this crazy thing keep happening to me over and over? Well, as energy shows, it'll keep showing up for you until you decide to see it different. Uh, But I think so much of it is choice. And do we want to remain divided on things or do we want to realize, truly hone in on the community and the connection and that we are stronger together. Um, but yeah, why, why people sit in it? I don't know. And some people that keep continuing to sit in it, um, even just a simple shift of the, the network and the, and the company that you keep and maybe so you're stuck in something, go get out of that and, and put yourself into something that takes you into um, a growth zone. And you're only ever growing if you're feeling a little bit uncomfortable to begin with. And so, um, 
I don't know. I think there, I appreciate the fact that we have a chance every day to, to try again. And um, Jordan and I work on this phrase called being in the vortex. And then I give both of my children permission to remind me when I'm showing up not in my vortex. And then it ends up being kind of like a family joke because watch how much your kids like to catch you making a mistake, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> For us. And they'll be like, hey, mom, it seems like maybe you're not in your vortex right now. And that simple phrase in and of itself literally stops me in my tracks. And then I just kind of take it not so hard on myself. Mm-hmm. And um, it gives all of us permission to make mistakes because we're going to. There's only one thing that's perfect, and it is most certainly not me. not in your vortex right now. I'm totally stealing that. (laughs) I love it. I love it. December, do you want to add anything? Yeah, I think, uh, just maybe a different outlook in that. Um, people are easy to get overwhelmed and being the busy BIM, it wasn't until just probably in the last couple of years, I realized that everyone's plate looks different and um, everyone's plate is a different size of at that point when they can take that breaking point and then they become overwhelmed where my plate might be the size of a charger (laughs) on a dinner table. Um, There's others that are just the teacup plates. Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes as a person that has the bigger plate, it's hard to look at someone that has the smaller plate and not understand why they you know, end up in the pile and sometimes just overwhelmed and they've overflowed their teacup plate and I can't see it. And when I do, like, it just took me time to figure, to realize that, that Mm -hmm. everyone's life is full and we just, you know, accept that differently and react differently. And some people, when they become overwhelmed and they just shut down and then they're in the pile. So I think once you realize like truly what your plate looks like, your size of your plate and how much you can fill it, um, it does you personally wonder. I'm loving that analogy as well. And obviously, clearly that was your own growth too, right? Recognizing that. That's really cool. Um, Wow. You guys are teaching me a lot today. I love this. I just got back from um, a leadership course in Yale and I'm thinking you guys could have, you know, taught a session, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Uh, So what do you guys most value? This, this connection thing. I mean, you know, a lot of times I do, I wake up in the morning or I'm throughout the day and I'm thinking, good glory. Like, what are we all doing here? Really? What is all of this for? What are we going to, what, and some people don't necessarily want to set out to leave a legacy, so to speak, but what would people say if tomorrow was my last day to take my final breath? You know, what would people say? What would I want them to remember? And it isn't as much about me as it is. What did I do to up level consciousness around here. How often did I show up in a space where I can't offer anything to anyone else that I don't already gift to myself. So if I'm not capable of giving myself grace or being kind to myself or offering compassion, I'm not going to possibly be able to do it to anyone else. Now these babies who, by the way, did not come easy for us are such a glorious gift and gratitude in and of itself that they chose me or we chose each other. So the question is, again, what do I value? I really just, I, I think it's 
the, the connection and up-leveling the consciousness of making the world just a little bit brighter and lighter. And I love this saying, it says, um, light, it doesn't choose which window it shines through, it just does. So wherever you are in, in whatever circumstance, just try to find the light and, and the joy and the love in it as often as you can. That's great. For lack of words, blunt person, and just uh, that's why Crystal and I go well, so well together. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she'll follow up with like the the rainbow. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I would say for me, would just be relationships, and that kind of goes with what. Crystal was saying with connection, but I think relationships and when you realize kind of going back to what I said previously about everyone has a different size plate is um, your relationships aren't always going to be the same with every single person and they vary greatly depending on that person and, you know, that type of relationship you have with them. But at the end of the day, it's important to manifest a good relationship in any way that you can Mm -hmm. um, with people that you cross paths with. Definitely. Well, they say we live longer when we have uh, some happy, healthy relationships and connections. So I think you're on to something. (laughs) Um, What do you guys want to tell us about the diaper bowl too? I mean, it just keeps getting better. And to watch, you know, I don't know if we can hijack the podcast for a second. Yes, um, please. Oh, great. She just gave me permission. Okay, Jill. Really, when I look back at, you know, what I learned, what Happy Bottoms was, but then I was like, who is this woman? And at that time, I was just becoming a mom. So we had the mothers and more connection going. Mm-hmm. But like, if you would just, I, I don't know that you can possibly do it, you know, within a timeline, but what was it? I mean, when did you wake up one day and you're like, I can't stand this. I'm going to be the one that goes in and does this thing. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was an article I learned. I just, I read about a uh, diaper need um, and a diaper bank in California. And I just thought, you know, and my daughter was in diapers at the time. And I just thought, you know, much like you, how can, how could I look down at my baby changing her diaper, knowing she has a clean diaper and hearing these stories about moms who don't have that option and who are, working incredibly, incredibly hard. Um, and I was not working. I was being a stay at home mom, not, you know, nothing wrong with working, not working, but it just really hit home. And, you know, having a daughter, it it does change what you want to do. Like I just wanted to, it was important to me to show her that all people are important and, and we should help others as much as we can. So it's snowballed into this. (laughs) <laughs> and I, that's, that's excellent. And I think when we talk about what do we want people to know about the diaper bowl, you don't know what you don't know. And that in and of itself, the education surrounding the need for diapers and now looking ahead, staying positive, yet looking ahead, this diaper need doesn't seem to be slowing down my friends. Like they need us now more than ever. And so, uh, 
the Diaper Bowl itself exists as first and foremost, last year we hosted the first annual event. We got to host it outside where we were being mindful of being as safe as possible. We're going back outside again because it's a tailgate party and that's what, what we do best. Mm-hmm. But it just keeps getting better and more and more people are hearing what Happy Bottoms is up to. And again, results driven performances. I mean, who doesn't want to be a part of something that's really going to make such a strong impact right here, you know, in our own city, but also it just, it's uh, of course stems much greater than Kansas city too. It's just, um, yeah. Okay. The event itself, it's a tailgate style party (laughs) out in the, in the warehouse space. And we've got so much fun planned for as far as like tailgate themed, uh, games. And we're working on an awesome band and, uh, food and drink and wonderful auction items, reverse raffle. Um, I don't know. We're not going to have another one of those. That, or maybe you will, uh, Ashley. Are you going to get us one of those die-cut NFL Chiefs players to take our picture with again? <laughs> <laughs> we could probably make that happen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we can probably make that happen. I love, yeah. It will be fun. It's September 12th, 5 to nine 5:30 hmm? to 9:30 5:30 to 9:30 yeah tickets are available now on our website so if you have not already signed up be sure and sign up um like crystal said it's just fun it's just a really fun night and um yeah a great vibe and lots of fun things to do to and and you know at the end of it you're helping make a difference in a parent and a child's life, possibly right in your backyard. Another thing I really love too is how mindful uh, the Happy Bottoms team has been with involving everyone. And by that, I mean, if you take a look at the sponsorship proposal and what the opportunities look like, there is some, it's so budget friendly. There's something in there for everyone to be able to make a really strong impact. And I know that we're working on, if it hasn't already happened yet, um, you will still be able to participate um, in the silent auction um, without having to personally be there. Um, so that could be an opportunity just from the comfort of your home or your cell phone, wherever you are, to still um, make bids into the auction as well. So I just I appreciate that uh, we really are making it um, ex- in- inclusive for everyone to be a part of it um, if they would like to support it. Yes, absolutely. And you can check out sponsorships op- options on our uh, website as well. So awesome. Ashley, do you have any more questions for our lovely, beautiful guests? I don't think I have any questions. I just, you know, you guys are, have been, and are amazing co-chairs for the diaper bowl. And I think, you know, in 2023, maybe towards the end of 2022, we're going to try to roll out an ambassador type program. And you guys, I mean, you're already ambassadors for our mission and, you have, you know, widespread networks and positivity and exactly what, you know, that ambassador role should be is, is you guys. So, you know, we hope you'll continue to stay engaged with us and spread the word because there's so much noise, you know, there's so many things competing for everyone's attention. And so just to get our message out there for our moms and babies that we serve is um, a huge gift. And you guys are, you do such a phenomenal job at it. So thank you. Absolutely. Thank you. you. We're excited to be here and, you know, it's important to continue to get your mission out to the community. Awesome. 
Well, thank you guys. We appreciate you so much taking time today to talk to us and we cannot wait to see uh, everybody at the diaper bowl and how that event goes. So thanks again. You guys are amazing. Oh, All right. That was crystal in December. They are incredible. I admire them so much. Seriously. I mean, I felt like crystal was like writing an inspirational book. I guess we were talking. I feel like that every time I talk to Crystal, yeah. like that is just Crystal mode. Yeah. She, just one inspirational quote after another. It's like those calendars that have one and you just keep peeling them off. <laughs> she comes with and, another one. Yeah. And so uplifting and same with December. She is just so supportive and also, she, you know, we didn't really talk about it, but she's one of those people, kind of, they both are, who just knows everybody. And December's got so many connections and has mm -hmm. been so huge in helping make the event successful with all of her connections um, and just spreading love. Like she talked about, you know, everybody loved her grandma and she's so good at spreading that love. So carrying, carrying on that tradition, I'm sure. Yeah, she's a sweetheart. And they have a good yin and yang you know, uh -huh. relationship where they can accomplish a lot together with, you know, the different skill sets that they have while both being positive and passionate. Absolutely. All right. Well, uh, you better go keep preparing for the diaper bowl and we look forward to seeing everybody there. Yeah. It's going to be a fun party. Awesome. All right. Bye. Bye.